Listen to the music of the night. Today on Podcast Magoria. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Magoria. I'm James. And I'm Autumn. Mm, sleepy. Yeah, I'm a little, <laughs> little sleepy today. Chuck you down. Today, dear listeners, <laughs> we will be discussing horror musicals. That's right, to continue the theme of horror and music, musicals have also fallen prey to the reaches of the dark tendrils of horror. Whoa. <laughs> See, this is that quality you get whenever we take a little longer to make an episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired and you've got all the energy. No, um, no, uh, this is an exciting topic for yes. me just because like musicals isn't really something you think of when it comes to horror. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where initially the concept, which this has been an episode we've wanted to do for quite a while. Yeah. And initially it was just like, okay, well, there's the obvious heavy hitters. But then you start scratching a little bit at the paint mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. discovering that underneath there is like there's a lot and not just yeah. like the ones that have like a little bit of theme to the horror like into the woods or something like that yeah but like there's there's a lot more especially here recently just a lot of horror musicals for sure like within the past 10 years like mm-hmm. it's kind of exploded and become yeah. kind of a trend yeah in the musical world we of course also we're not going to touch up on all of them today because it turns out that there are way more horror musicals than yeah. I could even think of. <laughs> and we aren't necessarily also sticking to like Broadway. We're also discussing a couple of movies mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. And... Yeah. The, the, the concept of a musical is, is, I guess, like you could argue like musical versus rock opera, but. Yeah. Rock, the term rock opera is kind of a hot button topic also. Yeah. Because right? a lot of people go, that's not. Well, I consider it all to be like a performance, a musical yeah. performance. I, yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of fall a little bit in the camp of um, I don't know how I feel about the term rock opera. I used to get it like because of like VH1 presenting, you mm-hmm. know, musicals like Tommy and shit and going, oh, it's a rock opera. But yeah. But I'm like, mm. Yeah, this is just musical. Musical. Just don't try to jazz it up. <laughs> like, listen, everyone realizes what you're doing. Uh-huh. Like, we know that we're not getting, you know, Hello Dolly. <laughs> like, just yeah. Calm down. It's like, let's get, get into the, the little bit. Just because it has a guitar doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's not a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, operas and other classical pieces could arguably also be considered the first horror musicals. Because a lot of them, you know, have themes of war and death and mm-hmm. whatnot, and that can be horrifying. Yeah, I think today we'll be discussing more of like more recent. It's going to be a early 1900s up <laughs> because <laughs> it gets a little tricky. Like as far as what 
well, that's horror for you. Is uh, it's a tricky subject. Where's the line? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we get started on the more familiar list of things, we should take the time to give attention to what is claimed to be the first horror musical, Song at Midnight. Mm-hmm. This is one that I don't, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's really sad for me because usually this kind of knowledge is something that would be up in my brain. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, oh, likewise, just because like, I mean, it, it's, it checks all the boxes. Yeah, it's like theater, musical, like mm-hmm. it, it's all the stuff for you. Yeah. And then for me, it's like, you know, Asian culture, horror, like all of that. Yeah. This was made, uh, Song at Midnight was made in 1937. It is a Chinese film often regarded as the first horror musical. Uh, it is based off of The Phantom of the Opera. Look at that. Yeah. Take that, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was doing something so, unique. That's right. Um, <laughs> it, it's interesting that one of the earliest examples of uh, horror musicals is from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of like their censorship and stuff of that nature, which I mean, it came with like when they made it, it had all sorts of controversy. It came with it because I bet. like Chinese government was pissed off with it because of the fact that one, it was utilizing material from Western, <gasps> you know, subjects, yeah. which is a big, that was very big. That's, that's a big no, problem. no back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I see why now, but. <laughs> oh, for sure. It also, like, a lot of the themes and stuff were just kind of more, it, it wasn't, it did not follow what would be considered the the norms of media for China back then, or even, I mean, I suppose now, because it was, it was very vocal mm-hmm. about being for the people and ah. about, like, it was, it was, it was a political piece Ooh. disguised as a horror musical. <laughs> and I would love to actually catch it. Like I, I don't, I don't even know who distributes it or how to get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. That, I meant to kind of look into that, but um, yeah, I would like to watch it just because I mean, it's a piece of history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds really interesting. I would like to see their take on that story. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not even really particularly familiar with a whole lot of Chinese horror. Mm. I guess, like, because like most of what we've seen. Especially what we've discussed yeah. on the show has been Japanese horror. Yeah. We'll have to change that soon, yes. James. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now let us start talking about horror musicals for reals. For reals this time. <laughs> In no particular order, we might as well start with uh, what is arguably the best known and no less controversial musical. And that is Rocky Horror Show. Hmm. Parenthetical picture. (laughs) 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 This is, I feel like, especially our generation, Mm -hmm. it tends to be the introductory piece of horror musicals. Right. And not to mention that it's just such a big part of LGBTQ plus, like, history. It's enormous. Yeah. So it... There's just so many different types of people that gravitate towards this film, that yeah. love this film. Tell me the plot of Rocky Horror, though. <laughs> Tell me the plot. <laughs> like, I have seen that movie so many times, and that's what everybody talks about is, can you tell me the plot? <laughs> well, some uh, 
young kids uh, accidentally happen upon a uh, a monster mash, get mixed mm-hmm. up in the shenanigans, mm-hmm. and then make it away only slightly scathed. Oh, and there's aliens mixed in there too, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it as a because like, I mean it's an obvious uh, homage to 1950s horror and stuff. Yeah, and of with course. The music and whatnot. Yeah, I look at it as an atomic age. You know, like. I was a teenage Martian kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I I don't I don't get why <laughs> that's necessarily a discussion topic in the Rocky Horror community, but you know, I just think it's a nice little story about people having fun and singing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, we're not going to get too much into the weeds of uh, Rocky Horror Show slash Picture Show, just because the fact that it has a lot that goes with it that I think in a later episode we may have to do a deeper dive but i mean here's the thing even if you're not a musical fan Mm -hmm. even if you're not much of a horror fan you probably know (laughs) at least the time warp yeah the time warp is on halloween playlists every single one of them it doesn't matter what the playlist is supposed to be time warp is in the mix it's time warp and monster mash every single playlist i don't care who you are i don't care who your grandma is like it's this is what you're gonna have to deal with (laughs) the stage show first came out in 1977 star wars yep yep and of course when this when it first came out it was it bombed yeah completely bombed but because of like the material in it too like people just weren't going out to see it and then it eventually just became like a big cult classic and it's still playing in theaters to this day it is um one of the major reasons why cinema still exists Mm -hmm. because when it started to become popular it's what saved um, theaters from shutting down yeah yeah and and it's funny that that of all things because you would just think oh well movies can stand alone on their own mm-hmm. but no like you know yeah. like there there was a point in time in history you know not too dissimilar to kind of now where people were just like i don't think i want to sit in a dark room with a bunch of strangers watching a movie mm-hmm. i don't care who directed it i don't care who's in it i don't think i want to do this and then Rocky Horror comes along and places that were about to shutter their doors and windows suddenly had a movie that they could play every other night Mm -hmm. and actually be a successful business. All because, for some reason, this resonates so deeply with people of all walks of life. Yeah, it it is really crazy what what it became from that initial box office disaster. Yeah. And it sucks, though, because there's so many people that actually do not know that Rocky Horror has a spiritual sequel, Mm -hmm. Shock Treatment. Yes. Which, of course, it also follows in the musical category and... We will discuss it more when we decide to have our big Rocky Horror episode. Yeah, yeah. Shock Treatment definitely uh, deserves its moment in the sun. It really does. Um, To be honest, and probably a lot of people that actually have heard the Shock Treatment soundtrack, at Mm -hmm. least, um, are probably going to be mad at me. But I honestly prefer the music from Shock Treatment to Rocky Horror. But maybe because I've heard the Rocky Horror soundtrack so much in my life. I, I think it's it's one of those things where they're almost um, two different genres of music also. They, they really are. Yep. I just think that the shock treatment songs, some of them are just prettier. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and also... They're more peppy. 
Yeah, there's, they're also, like, there's so much more tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the lyrics are just fantastic. Yeah. Bitchin' in the Kitchen. Yeah. Great song. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yeah, just... and then, of course, the beautiful uh, lullaby. Yes. Like, yes. But anyway, we don't want to get too much into that because we got to save that for a later time. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we then might as well move on to arguably the second biggest mm-hmm. uh, horror musical to Rocky Horror. Yeah. In the in the campy sense. Sure. Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. You know, there's been many stage performances of it and of course this eventually got its own movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, the... Original stage performance uh, started in 82, and then eventually we get the film in 86. And It's um, crazy how short of a time it took for it to get its own movie yeah, adaptation. Because some, some things took really long. Yes. Um, some <laughs> things on this list um, <laughs> later on uh, definitely took, the, took a little longer. It is so incredibly catchy uh this was the mm-hmm. second horror musical that i had seen yeah yeah rocky horror was first and, and then it was a little shop i want to say like within like a few months like i had saw i saw rocky horror oh, and yeah. then i saw little shop of horrors yeah and I was like okay so this is a thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the only two that i had seen for, for years <laughs> same i was i was always to myself man why are there no other like spooky yeah. musicals like this yeah. meanwhile there was a couple of others in the back going we're here we're, we're here. here it's just nobody watches us <laughs> but yeah there's along with the catchy music you also have the show stopping performance of ellen green mm-hmm. her voice is just insane and just she's adorable yeah yeah <laughs> like she's I, I put her up there like she it's like her christine chanaleth and uh, bernadette peters mm-hmm. you know like there's like these like titans of music she's definitely well fitted in, in the top yeah and of course um in the movie adaptation uh rick moranis yeah he is just so perfect as Seymour, and you see so many um, stage performances of Little Shop of Horrors where people are obviously like trying to channel that performance. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really funny because like if you weren't aware of uh, Rick Moranis's work in SCTV. Mm-hmm. And just knew him, you know, as his character from Ghostbusters or, you know, yeah. like you just kind of go, holy shit, this guy can sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, this guy can like, he has a stage presence that is also enormous uh-huh. and he's so unsuspecting. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, I remember it just being bizarre because I, I think I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids before I saw Little Shop of Horrors. And so it was even more crazy to me. Oh, my first Rick Moranis was Ghostbusters. So, oh, you yeah, know. I guess, I guess, yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> it would be Ghostbusters, How I Shrunk the Kids, and then, and yeah. then Little Shop of Horrors. And, yeah, like, though I did end up seeing SCTV later on. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's so crazy. I mean, and then you've got the freaking Audrey 2 puppet. Yeah, the actual star yeah. of the show because it's Audrey. It's Audrey yeah. 2, the yeah. big old plant. And. I mean, movie plant, amazing, amazing, but stage. I love yeah. seeing all the different variations of what people do mm-hmm. based off of like I guess their production costs because yeah. you'll either have like a big 
awesome puppet or you'll have like stage tricks of like the shadows yeah. of um, the plant. And I've even seen uh, a performance where they had a drag queen be Audrey too. Oh, that's really cool. And I, that's like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I love that concept yeah. so much. Yeah, I'd like to see how that, because I've not seen that uh that version of it but i would like to see how they handle the concept mm -hmm. like is it just like a person growing out of a pot yeah like it, it's it, like, like a she, pod person yeah she had like leaves and stuff yeah. all over and like just extremely done up yeah. like it was almost more that makes me feel like it's a little bit more like the little shop of horrors cartoon where Roger oh Tooth can come out of the pot yeah. and walk around on the root feet so. <laughs> so yes, um, Little Shop of Horrors went from stage to screen to cartoon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess next next up, speaking of uh, horror movies that had uh, that ended up getting a musical production, hmm. we haven't gotten around to that. Oh yet, so wow, we're, we're, yeah, we're flipping around. Yeah, we're let's flip it. This is one that it took. Very long time. And it's also one of those things where I, I guess like this section will be the wait, why'd that get a musical or how the hell did we get here? <laughs> right. Um, part of the show. <laughs> okay. Um, and that is American Psycho 2013. Yes. Got a musical. Hey, and <laughs> um, I've never actually seen the musical, I've mm -hmm. only seen like clips here and there of uh, some stage performances because I've never actually seen Matt Smith's performance. Yeah. Which I'm like very shocked about that too, that Matt Smith is playing Patrick Bateman. That's like something I would have never thought of. Yeah. From the soundtrack, did they make it a love story? Yeah, right. Because it sounds from the songs like it's a love story between Patrick and one of the victims. Also on the soundtrack, surprisingly, they do not do a version of Huey Lewis in the news. Which is just like, what happened? Yeah, blows my <laughs> mind. They do three other covers on the soundtrack, actually. Uh, and it's uh, In the Air Tonight, Don't You Want Me, and Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which, I mean, they're all kind of like slowed down versions of yeah. these songs and it is it's a weird vibe okay so if it but is, i mean american psycho is a weird vibe so, so what am i saying <laughs> i i guess i can see like there being a love story but it should be absolutely a love story with bateman and himself right like it should right. be all these like if i were to present it as a romance um that would be the narrative i would give because he is in love with himself exactly like, obviously but i don't know it, it, as I said, I need to see an actual mm -hmm. performance of this to fully get the concept of what they were going for. But hey, the sound the the album totally campy as hell. Yeah. Matt Smith sounds like a Midwestern emo. That's like so when he's funny. singing, like it's crazy. Like <laughs> I totally recommend at least checking out the album. Yeah. And then we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled for uh local productions of the show oh yeah for sure next up on uh, the, the list of unlikely musicals <laughs> one that we have gotten the uh we, we've been very fortunate to see yes i am so glad we got to see this and this is evil dead the musical <laughs> uh, first uh, on stage in 2003 god it is a it's a fun show folks um yeah it 
it's mostly fun because there is something happening at all times to keep you entertained. Yeah. Like, just watch the props in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, something's moving. Something's yeah. doing something funky. Like, yeah, at that's... least the performance we saw. Yeah. Um, when when they first listen to the tape, from that point on, there's always, like, something weird happening. Yeah. And it's just such a fun show. And there is, um, on YouTube, uh, a, like, a start-to-finish production, like, show it uh, it's it's the uh i believe it's the touring like off broadway mm. production uh, team yeah which i'm not sure if it was the same one that we saw i think that's the one because they've done certain tours and that's uh one of the years that they did that was the year that we went yeah so, so i'm pretty sure it's the same folks which is that's yeah. fun yeah um uh, but i mean there's a blood spatter section yeah like yeah, yeah treat this like a gallagher show if you're gonna be in the front you gotta wear a poncho if you love the scene where with the trees in evil dead you're gonna <laughs> love the scene with the trees in the musical um. yeah yeah it's great because the songs are really funny yeah it's that's i think that's the thing is the fact that this show and i mean not too many you know horror musicals especially take themselves very seriously mm -hmm. and this one is just like it's so on the nose yeah yeah it's it's really great i mean at the very least i mean the first song i ever heard from it before we had seen it Mm -hmm. was um what the fuck was that yeah which is so great yeah i love uh good old reliable jake that's a fun (laughs) song ode to an accidental stabbing (laughs) also a very fun song yeah um, and I swear to God, there's one called Do the Necronomicon, and the guitar in it sounds exactly like Don't Bring Me Down's guitar <laughs> from ELO. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> like, it's the... <laughs> but, I mean, just so funny. And it, it's weird that it kind of encapsulates, like, all the stories, mm-hmm. like, all three of the movies. Yeah. Like, there's at least a reference to each one in it yeah that's what's i mean it's just they did it evil dead the musical good Mm -hmm. job folks (laughs) (laughs) i mean even bruce campbell himself endorses it so i mean you don't mean something yeah you don't need any other reviews than that that's right (laughs) next up is a musical that did not go from stage to screen it went from a handy cam to tv on a sidewalk that is <laughs> cannibal the musical 1993 <laughs> long before cartman was singing about how kyle's mom is a bitch matt stone and trey parker made another project that is a legend and what i'm referencing here uh, <laughs> with this introduction is the fact that uh they made this movie you know, mm-hmm. movie musical presented it to Sundance to which they were just like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> yeah. So they set up uh, on the sidewalk, a TV and a VCR and decided to present uh, their movie themselves when uh, none other than Lloyd Kaufman happened to be walking by. Is that where the term sidewalk scramble come from? <laughs> Maybe. Because I mean, you know, there's a lot of those little Local movie film festivals are called Sidewalk Scrambles. So maybe there's something to that. (laughs) So, hmm. But yeah, um, Lloyd Kaufman, of course, was just like, he saw... The musical is just like holy, yeah, you know, and and also the just the ingenuity of these two young lads are just like, hey. I don't care if you rejected our art, we're still going to present it to the people. Yeah. And so then it was uh, presented at Trauma Dance and then 
of course, uh, distributed by Trauma. It's something else, man. Uh. <laughs> it's very on the line. Yeah. If you want to consider it horror, but I mean, cannibals. Yeah. Well, yeah Come yeah, on. Yeah. It has some incredibly catchy tunes. <laughs> it is as low budget as they come. It has some great gore, you <laughs> yeah. know, just just top oh notch gore. God. Them, the freaking the Cyclops. Yeah. You looking at my eye? <laughs> it's so no, gross. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of really, really funny gags in there. Um, it's also they started because one of the things about at least the early seasons of South Park is they would hide an alien in every mm-hmm. episode. Right. And they do the same thing in Campbell Musical where almost every scene has a gray or huh? a representation thereof hidden in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, the most obvious one is uh, during the Let's Build a Snowman uh, song sequence because mm-hmm. inexplicably uh, during the tap dancing, um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the snowman's head changes from a normal snowman head to an alien snowman yeah. head. Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a fun movie. I definitely recommend it. Um, it, of course, has had stage productions mm-hmm. via the, uh, I think the Campbell Musical website's still up. They have all the stuff that you need. Like if you want, if your school or your local theater troupe or whatever wants to put it on, like they, they it's very accessible. That's, that's good. That's what... I like about Matt Stone and Trey Parker is that they've always been very, uh, very helpful to the arts. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, they believe in, in, in definitely like art is art and you should be able to do your thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> moving on to something that's a little bit more well known. Yeah. We, let's get out we, of the weeds of obscurity. We might have probably should have started the list with this. Bah. Who's ever even heard of it? Because everybody's probably like, okay, they haven't mentioned the big one yet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, okay, we kind of mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did technically mention we it did, at the top yeah, of the episode. We did wow, technically so mention it. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yes, yes. The stage show starting in 86, uh, the movie in 2004, and it just finished... It's um, long run on stage mm-hmm. uh, just back in April of 2023. Yeah. And uh, man, there were a lot of people like really, really genuinely like depressed about yeah. Phantom of the Opera leaving. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things now that it's a generational yeah. you know, musical. Yeah. And Everybody's taking their daughter or son to go see it. And yeah. then they took their kids to see it and so on and so forth. Like, yeah, it's a constant for our lives like yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it's like oh wait so what what happens now <laughs> what's going to take the spot of that i know <laughs> american psycho <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a banger of a musical it is worlds different than the universal yes. version <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it is it does lean more heavy into romance yeah than it does horror mm-hmm. but the story of the phantom is essentially a horror tale yeah yeah so it's it's just uh it's interesting seeing sir andrew lloyd weber's take he's on it. he has a very unique mind That's is what sure. i'll say about <laughs> mr <laughs> or sir weber yeah he essentially was looking to make a romance musical um, after the success of Cats. And just by chance, like after struggling with coming up with the next big thing, he was just like, 
oh, the Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom of the Opera is what you mean. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I want to quote him. I got to quote him right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, The titular song is just so incredibly epic. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows that freaking piano part. Yeah. Yeah. The opening. Yeah. Yeah, I did you... it just different enough that we won't get hit with copyright. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as soon as you hear that, you know something spooky is going to happen. That's right. <laughs> um, I also highly recommend looking up. And this is a complete, and I might, I'll, I'll, I'm going to see if I can find it because I think we're going to, I'm going to do for this episode like we did for the rock, like the band mm-hmm. uh, episode, the previous one, where I think I'm going to make a playlist on Spotify for people to listen to some of the songs. Nice. I'm genuinely hoping that somebody out there has put up the, um, it's the techno remix of the Phantom of the Opera slash Dueling Fates from Star Wars uh, Episode One. Yeah. It is insane. <laughs> Those two shouldn't go together. <laughs> Definitely. But there's a million like techno remixes of Phantom of the Opera, which are Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all of them are amazing. Yeah. Um, there's just something about it that just works. Uh, opera and techno, man. Like, mm. <laughs> Yep. Now you're going to have to put it on that playlist. Now. That's right. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, the 2004 movie didn't give mm. the energy and I don't think did the justice. It really, really leans into the romance. Yeah. Um, but it did create a lot of new fans yeah, well, of the show. Yeah, because uh, people were like, oh, man, like this is based off Broadway musical. I should check that out. Holy shit, this is superior. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, at least it wasn't Starlight Express. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hard for a I was going to say, that's way more scary than <laughs> Cats or Phantom. <laughs> uh, speaking of Phantoms... Um, <laughs> We need to bring up a uh, uh, not as popular as most of the stuff on this list. That's uh, for sure. And that is Phantom of the Paradise, uh, 1974 uh, rock opera, if we, if you will. Um, don't be <laughs> fooled by the title, though. Uh, this is not just a cheeky adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. This is so much more. There's a lot going on in this one. It is trippy as hell, mm-hmm. and we have Jessica Harper showing up again. Yes. Like, oh. our goddess, and, like, we didn't even mention that she was freaking in shock treatment. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, she's just there, man, and and with her, like, just haunting vocals. Yeah, yeah. If you need somebody to sing something spooky. Mm-hmm. Jessica Harper. Get Jessica Harper yeah. in here. <laughs> also, uh, the movie was scored uh, and has starring in it uh, Paul Williams, the uh, mm-hmm. delightful fella that you might recognize as uh, not a Muppet featured on The Muppet Show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks just like a Muppet, though. Yeah. Especially at this point in time. Yes, he does. Yeah. With the long blonde hair yeah, yeah. and the kooky glasses. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is just one of many weird rock operas uh, mm-hmm. in the 70s. Um, there there are a lot that came out in a very small amount of time that um, they weren't, like a lot of them weren't horror necessarily. And this one's very like on the line in a, in a lot of ways, but it's just... Such a, you know, batshit <laughs> production. It really is. It really, really is. Like, costume design, set mm-hmm. design, yeah. the story. Yeah. 
the music, like, it's all just, it comes from a very weird place. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of weird places. Yes. <laughs> probably should go ahead and jump into one of the, probably the weirdest musicals of all time. And one also that probably a lot of people know, and that is Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I just say that it's weird because, like, what a concept. Yeah. So what kills what what gets me about this one is Little Shop of Horrors was kind of a weird concept because it's, you know, we, I didn't even really mention it when we were talking about that is it was based off of a black and white an okay, you know, mm-hmm. classic horror film. Yeah. And then Sweeney Todd also, I mean, well, first of all, was a Penny Dreadful, but then mm-hmm. it was a it was a very, like, one of the earliest like talky horror films yeah which we've seen and yeah. it Sweeney Todd and that one's weird it is very that is like it's also kind of hard to get through it, it really <laughs> like, was it was it was maybe not one of the best dollars I spent at the Dollar Tree <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like Stephen Sondheim like the mortal enemy of Sir Lord Android Weber well I see why yeah um yeah it he just went nuts on this one and congratulations because you outdid planters like it, <laughs> uh this is a i absolutely adore sweeney todd me too i love all the music in mm-hmm. it um we've been lucky to be able to see a stage performance yeah. of this because uh, i had a friend yeah. that was playing uh judge turpin yes and he did fantastic. Phenomenal job. I'm just going to bravo again to that uh, stage production because I did very well with what they had. Yep. One of my close friends uh, was fortunate enough to see uh, the Broadway show. Oh, man. Before it was popular. Like, oh, before, man. <laughs> like it was, this would have been 2004, 2005. Like it was, so it was before the, the Tim Burton picture. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and it was just that sweet spot where it had been on, you know, on Broadway for long enough that mm-hmm. it's kind of a staple, but at the same time, like, you know, not, not very many people are seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody's going for it. And, and like Sweet Todd has always been just kind of, it's so weird to me. Like, watching things and seeing it be referenced mm-hmm. and going god wow that's so crazy this is getting that this got referenced more often than you would ever expect yeah it's, it's like when you hear a word you've never heard before and the next thing you know everybody's using it mm-hmm. and it's on the radio and shit like that's sweeney todd yeah well i mean you mentioned the tim burton film i had no idea what sweeney todd was oh. until that film see uh i was fortunate enough like, so I saw the, the recorded production mm-hmm. with um, Angela Lansbury as Miss Lovett. And uh, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, oh, man, this is per- like Tim Burton should direct this. <laughs> and then I was just like, and I'll tell you who would be perfect in that movie. Not as Sweeney, not as Miss Lovett, but I need Sasha Baron Cohen to be Pirelli. He would be amazing at that. <laughs> And then, and it then, happened. yeah, yeah. I just like, and, and I lost my shit because they were slowly because they were doing like the slow reveal 
of each care, you know, mm-hmm. each actor doing like their their posters. And whenever it was him, I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like <laughs> I was so incredibly excited, and I think he knocked it out of the park. That's just like me with Alan Rickman and Professor Snape. Yeah, that's exactly who I imagined per- I, for Professor Snape. I think some people definitely are like born to be certain roles <laughs> you know uh unknown to anybody and that was one of them and he, sasha baron cohen is like my favorite part of sweeney todd like yeah. i love that whole portion of the movie and i apparently like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it. oh, it's so funny it's so yeah. good yeah so i would recommend um any way you can consume this if you haven't if you've been sleeping on sweeney todd mm-hmm. maybe because you're not huge like Maybe you're you've fallen away from Tim Burton, and you're like, mm, mm. maybe I can live without this one. Mm. At the very least, watch that one. Watch that one, or seek out the the recorded Broadway production mm-hmm. uh, with Angela Lansbury. It's it's phenomenal. Heck, you could probably find some live productions just on YouTube yeah. in general. And that's another like that's another thing though that's really fun is seeing how everybody handles. Mm-hmm. Well, the production we saw, um, how they did the murders, they yeah. did them behind, like, the, the window showing, like, the shadow and yeah. the blood spatter, like, light lighting up on the window. Yeah. Like, that was so cool. It was really cool. Yeah. They did a really good job with it. Um, I do. I, uh, did you, was it you that sent me uh, the TikTok of there was a production where inexplicably the, they decided that they wanted to have it where when Sweeney killed his victims, the body would come out into Miss Lovett's pie shop. Yes, yes, I remember that. That That's awesome. It's awesome, but it's also confusing. It is confusing. Because she's, like, making pies, and there's customers there, and then a body just kind of pops out. Ding, well, ding. it's for a comedic effect, you know, like, <laughs> oh, better hide the meat. I don't know how I feel about that one. But it looked cool, though. It looks cool. Their mechanism was cool, however... Conceptually, mm. <laughs> yeah. Story-wise. There's also, you know, budgetary constraints. I get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, any way you can consume it. Hey, even if you just want to watch that one scene from Jersey Girl. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> which is also how some people were introduced to Sweeney Todd, which is hilarious. See, I didn't even, like, when I saw Jersey Girl, I think I was already, like, so traumatized <laughs> by the rest of the movie that... <laughs> Yeah. I just, I never looked into Sweeney Todd. Yeah. That was, that was one of the reasons why, like, one of my friends wanted to see Sweeney Todd. Because wow. they learned about it from that. Wow. Um, that's so, yeah. insane. Yes. <laughs> Next up is something that's very important, I think, to 90s kids. People of our generation. Goth people, yeah. horror fans, like yeah. anybody that's a little bit spooky. Yeah. Has gotten gifts of <laughs> this franchise. And I want my apologies to to folks listening. Um, this is what I'm going to be calling our Tim Burton section. Yeah, uh, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. And that is um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. It just would be I. I we had to mention it. Yeah. Because it's enormous in a yeah. lot of ways. And just like people arguing on if it's um, a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie, people are going to be arguing with us on if it's just a animation movie or an, if it's a musical. Because, I mean, like, it is a musical. It is a musical. I, I, and it's I, got I, horror elements. It's got horror elements. And, and plus also, I mean, like, I think that there's a certain percentile that you can, like, that music versus dialogue Mm -hmm. where it's just like this one 
falls into musical easily. Yeah. Like how you how you tell story is through the songs. Mm -hmm. Like the dialogue is almost inconsequential. Yeah, there's not a whole heck of a lot of dialogue yeah. in Nightmare for Christmas. But as I said, it is it would have been a shame. Yeah. to not mention is Especially because it's just, it encapsulates so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. And also, as I said, like, if you even mention that you like Nightmare for Christmas, I bet you, you got like a million billion gifts yeah. <laughs> with Nightmare for Christmas stuff on it. That's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, this is just a phenomenal team up uh, with, uh, you know, Tim Burton's team and also, of course, you know, the legendary Danny Elfman. Yep. Who, I mean, if you are a fan of Oingo Boingo and are familiar with um, Elfman's like solo stuff, and then especially if you're f familiar with Forbidden Zone, which mm -hmm. I guess that's another musical, mm -hmm. this is just like, oh, okay, it all kind of came to a head on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This gives us even more of an argument, though, for our last episode of having Danny Elfman mm -hmm. included. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, moving on to, uh, uh, you know, what I think will be our last one yeah. to talk about. Probably um, our newest one. Our newest too. one and probably most popular currently um, because it's big in a lot of ways. And Tim Burton, Danny Elfman related. And that is Beetlejuice, the musical. Woo! Yep. Good old Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Actually, you know what? Beetlejuice. Ah, <laughs> uh, he didn't show up, guys. Uh, what the heck? It never works. I've been trying my whole life. I think he's just on vacation in Hawaii. With his leg asleep? That's right. <laughs> As a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it would be crazy not to include this one. I like it's funny that the back half of this was gone turned into all uh Tim Burton, but hey, you know. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> uh, this is an incredibly popular musical. This is one, though, that I feel like is not surprising it's, that got the treatment. It's not um, because, I mean, the original movie is so, like, campy and whimsical mm -hmm. and just fun in general. And, you know, what else? What's the formulation for a musical, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one just like, it's almost as if the movie is a musical without the songs. Right. And I don't know, I feel like the Beetlejuice musical is kind of an entity of its own. Oh, absolutely. Just because that Beetlejuice... <laughs> Is yeah, ten times crazier. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing is, at first glance, uh, Alex Brightman doesn't scream Michael Keaton's ghost with the most. No, um, you almost, but like when you see his performance, you almost forget mm -hmm. that the movie production even exists mm -hmm. because he just makes it just his. Yeah, and he, the fact that he's singing in that gruff like yeah. gross sounding voice and he still sounds great yeah oh that's it's amazing that's the thing is like bless him and his poor vocal cords because uh -huh. he's doing that gravelly voice and that's not his normal voice mm -mm. he's not uh harvey firestein like he's <laughs> like he has like a very smooth beautiful voice uh -huh. and then is you know, it's just like it's it's insane yeah and then the girl that's playing uh, Lydia, mm -hmm. oh my God, yeah. what a talent. Yeah. Like, I finally listened to this full soundtrack um, for doing notes for this episode. 
And I was absolutely blown away. Mm -hmm. Like there's, it's no wonder people loved her so much. And like her final night of doing Beetlejuice was such a emotional thing because like the audience was crying and like applauding her and stuff. And like on her final note of the show, like she starts crying. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Because like there's just so much emotion and ah. Yeah. I uh, love her. (laughs) I definitely recommend, you know, looking up because there are some, um, professionally filmed scenes and stuff like this one i would love to see a give them give it the cat's treatment you know no 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 not not the the movie cat's treatment the vhs from the 90s cat's treatment give it the stage production with a little bit higher budget uh that's that's what i need yes so i still because i love um the stage design for this Mm -hmm. i love the sandworm the costume oh my god um yeah the puppetry yeah um and, and of course like the story for Beetlejuice the musical is ever so slightly mm-hmm. different yeah uh, as far as like i mean all the characters are there for the yeah. most part but why lydia has the ability to see ghosts and all that stuff is mm-hmm. a little different from you know it's fleshed out yeah yeah i noticed from the songs that there were like certain aspects of the story that i could pick up that i was like huh that's yeah. crazy that they went in that direction. Yeah, or yeah. They, do I, they age Lydia up? Do you know? That I don't know. Because they're still like very heavily playing on the, the wedding thing. Because yeah. there's like one song that she sings, My Creepy Old Guy. I finally yeah. got my own creepy old guy. Which and... <laughs> um, Beetlejuice is kind of like Freddy Krueger. Right, For some right. reason, we've collectively given a pass to <laughs> him inappropriate. Mar- him marrying a 16-year-old or... Yeah. or Heck, I think Lydia might have been younger, actually. Might have been younger, yeah. And, and then also, <laughs> like, well, and then plus, like, the, the cartoon. Yeah. Um, but at least they played it up to being really good pals. Yeah, um, they're just pals. Yeah, he's not trying to, you know, swim away her. to marrying her. Yeah, so I don't know. But um, definitely uh, check this out. At the very least, check out the soundtrack because it is, it's it's so fun. Solid all the way through. Yeah. I, there was not one song that I was like, oh, what a downer. What a yeah. drag. And they do a really good job at, you know, if you're a fan of musicals, as uh, just not just horror ones, but as a whole, mm-hmm. um, I think that this sounds like definition Broadway musical. It hits all mm-hmm. the, like, all the songs sound like something that you would hear from any old Broadway musical. Yeah. Which, which is great. I mean, it because some of these don't make sense. Circle back to like um, uh, American Psycho and stuff. I'm not a huge fan of musicals that it's just cover songs. Yeah, I don't. I'm. Yeah, that's it's, it's mostly original with yeah. that, but but like that's that's like the hard line for me. It feels for me whenever musicals do covers of well-known songs. It feels cringy in the yeah, moment. It's usually like, really ugh. cringy. Um, there's only a handful. Um, that I think knock it off, like really, like make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and I'm not gonna go down that list because it has nothing to do with this. But <laughs> but yeah, there's some that it's like okay, I get it why we went this direction. But yes, absolutely cringy whenever it's like characters singing songs, you know, popular, you know, pop songs or what have you. Mm-hmm. So we need to stop. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> <laughs> there's just too many shows, movies, and whatnot to talk about. And I think we'll need to revisit this soon uh, again just because yeah. of the fact that there are so many that we didn't mention or get to talk about too much. For instance, Repo, the genetic opera. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a fun film. Um <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Which... I didn't even know there was a state like a musical production of Jekyll and Hyde. So that's why I'm like, yes, we absolutely need to revisit. Yes. And then uh, I'd like to take a moment to mention a, an incredibly recent uh, horror musical mm. that's uh, from our neck of the woods. And that is Eldritch USA, a fun <laughs> kind of in the spirit of Cannibal the Musical uh, romp of uh, where it's about it's a musical that has to deal with cultists raising mm-hmm. uh, raising up elder gods and shit like and it was it premiered here in Springfield Missouri it's all local people some people that are involved in that production are very good friends of our podcast mm-hmm. so um, and local uh, horror groups like the Slice Girls so it's just it's nice uh, to see that. Uh, you know, we got some local stuff and maybe here soon we'll get our, our chance to, uh, to discuss that in a little bit more detail. Yeah. Cause we were so like disappointed that we ended up missing, we had been hearing about it mm-hmm. and then we ended up missing the premiere. Yeah. And, 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 and so, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but here's hoping like right now it doesn't, it's just doing the, uh, indie film circuit. So it doesn't have necessarily a wide release yet. But um, as soon as it does, of course, we'll be sure to link it, advertise it or whatever via our socials because the fact that I definitely have to support local cinema and especially something so very topical to this Mm -hmm. episode. Very true. Um, So what didn't we include, Little Ghoulies? Was it something super obvious, like forgetting to mention Ozzy in a list of horror bands? (laughs) Oh, my God. We got so much (laughs) crap for that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just checking to make sure you're listening you know it's the embarrassment of the century <laughs> uh, honestly egg, egg on face yes uh, <laughs> let us know um be sure to reach out via our many social platforms we're out there find us mention stuff to us recommend hey yell at us <laughs> also check out um our playlist for the horror bands episode um per the request of a lot of people and mm-hmm. um and a another podcast that we've been kind of there's a a mutual friendship happening mm-hmm. um, and as uh, the mixtape podcast uh, definitely worth checking them out because uh, every episode they discuss music and they make a mixtape and that's a really fun concept yeah yeah so they actually requested that we made a mixtape for that episode and we did so so it's on Spotify sorry all you Apple music users I don't know how to make playlists on there yet <laughs> <laughs> um but yes we will work on getting a playlist out for this one as well within the week yes so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that um that brings us to the end of this episode next up we will be reviewing a musical mentioned in this episode that's right the musical that everybody would love us to talk about (laughs) phantom of the paradise (laughs) it's Uh, just been too long since i've seen it and i want to watch it again that's right why that one over all the others well find out next time
Until next time, if you find yourself staring deep into the ghost light on a lonely stage and start hearing haunting organ music play, follow the sound, prepare for your big number, and most importantly, you must stay spooky. Brains. 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 Bye. You've been listening to Podcast Magoria with Autumn and James, starring Autumn Campbell and James Davis, produced by Taryn Westphal, with music by James Davis. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for posts related to Podcast Magoria productions. And as always, stay spooky.